This year, I am really focused on my health and sticking to a routine, and that's why I've been loving Symbiotica. Symbiotica is one of the fastest growing health and wellness companies out there right now, and they are one of the only brands that are wholly committed to your health. No seed oils, no preservatives or toxins. They source the best ingredients from all around the world, and honestly, you could taste it. I started taking Symbiotica because I was feeling sluggish and tired, and I just wanted to feel better, but I also wanted a supplement that actually tasted great. Plus, their supplements are super easy to just take on the go. They taste good. Having supplements that don't taste like chalk or artificial ingredients makes me look forward to taking them every day. I try to stay really consistent with my morning routine, and something that I always include is taking my supplements every single day. I've been taking these Symbiotica supplements and loving them. My goal this winter has been to support my immune system with the supplements that I've been taking. So I've been taking them every morning with my coffee and my breakfast. Joe does as well. And I've been really loving the results that I've been seeing. I take a Symbiotica every morning with my eggs and I'm ready to go. I'm alert. And then I hit the gym. What's even better is that Symbiotica makes it a breeze to stay on track. With a subscription, your supplements arrive at your doorstep every single month. Ready to feel the results? Head over to Symbiotica.com and use code BACHELOR for 15% off your subscription order. Serena, you know what I want to do right now? What's that, Joe? I want to travel because I feel like we've been stuck in this apartment for just a little too long. I couldn't agree more. Honestly, I love getting away. It's great in New York, but I could use a little bit of vacation. There's nothing I enjoy more than going on vacation with you. I agree. (laughs) You're my favorite travel partner. We can go try new restaurants, check out different cities. Should we go right now? I mean, we're always looking for our next place to go. So where should we go? Maybe a beach. I have a good idea. Take the Beachbound Vacations perfect beach finder quiz. You can find exactly what you are looking for by taking this five-question assessment. Find your perfect beach vacation and take the perfect beach finder quiz exclusively at beachbound.com. Whether this is her first Mother's Day or her 40th, she deserves more. Shop tons of stunning on-trend jewelry for every budget at Diamonds Direct. Diamond fashion jewelry, beautiful birthstones, everyday pearls starting at just $200. Commemorate the real loves of her life with a gorgeous pendant featuring the birthstone of the one who made her mom. This Mother's Day, Diamonds Direct is everything you need to say thank you. Diamonds Direct, your love, our passion. Online at DiamondsDirect.com. What's up, happy hour listeners? I'm one of your hosts, Becca Kufrin. And I am Michelle Young. Woo! She is <laughs> back, baby! <laughs> I'm back finally. No, I missed you, and I miss just being on the show in general. There's been a lot going on and trying to, you know, recover from mystery illnesses. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I feel like everyone has been sick these days. There's obviously not even just something, but multiple things going around. So I understand you need to take some time off and heal. And you've also been traveling like crazy. So I think what- that's what did it. I think that's where I'm like, need to slow down a little bit. It's your body's way of telling you to rest. It made me slow down to the point where it's like I can't even get on a flight to go back to LA. But it's, (laughs) you know, you've been been under the weather with everything. It's just, yeah, this time of year, I feel like everybody gets wiped out by something. And it was like, Mm -hmm. I'm good. I'm not good. I'm great. I'm not good. Mm -hmm. I know just (laughs) when you think you're getting better, something else hits you. Exactly. But no, we're, we're, we're good. We're like 98%. Okay, I'll take it. I'll take it. As long as I can see your shining face, which, by the way, everyone, Michelle looks 
radiant. She's always radiant, but like you look stunning. You got your cute little glasses on today. <laughs> I got my blue light glasses on. <laughs> you, you look great. Um, and I'm so excited to have you back. I'm also excited to have our guest on this week. It's been a long time since we have had him on Happy Hour, and very soon we're going to have our guy Clayton pop in. Before he pops on, though, Michelle, what's new with you? And again, you've been traveling like crazy. Mm-hmm. You've been between L.A. and Minnesota. You were just at, what was it, Jingle Bell or iHeart? Both, yeah. Both? They, okay. Yep, so iHeart puts on like this yearly event. Um, called Jingle Ball. It was so fun to drag my parents, mom and dad. Yes. Gotta, yeah, they got to come onto the red carpet with me um, for a little bit to do an interview. It was it was pretty funny. It was it was great, and um, just been traveling a lot. Been trying to get healthy. Been you know spending a lot of time with like my family, and also like creating some exciting things that are coming up. But I can't say quite yet. Oh, okay. Well, you know, I'm calling <laughs> you later today to pick don't your worry, brain I'll about this. Don't worry, I'll fill you in. Yes, but the world can't know quite yet. But oh what about gosh. you? How are you doing? I, have, you and I haven't. We've texted a little bit, but we haven't mm-hmm. like actually been able to catch up like on the phone or anything. I know. I feel like every time we talk on the phone too, we talk for so long, and I've because like we've both been sick, I've missed that. But life's good. We had an event. You were going to actually try to come. I know for my wine line. Obviously, you couldn't. Yeah. Um, cause you weren't feeling the best, but yeah, we had a big holiday event for my wine line, Bordeaux a week ago and it was so fun. Such a blast. It's something that I think we want to keep up. There's a local shop down by where I live and we want to just keep it up every couple months, at least twice a year. So if anyone is ever in the area, I will keep you posted, but definitely something that we want to keep, keep reoccurring throughout the year. Um, yeah. The and next then. One. Um, please do. Yes, we would love to see you. And that's really it. Like, we've been trying to get ready for the holidays, but we really can't because we don't have room for a Christmas tree. So um, that's been interesting. No room at all? No. I mean, just because of the, the renovations are... God. Like, it's just... It's the house is just not set up. So it's... And we're not even in there to enjoy the Christmas tree. So I set up, like, a little mini Christmas tree and some nutcrackers in our guest house. That mm. That's, like, our one holiday thing that we have near us. But... Yeah, life's been good. I mean, just getting ready for next year, which is going to be crazy town with all the weddings and our own wedding planning that we're doing. So, yeah, it's a lot. A lot's going to happen, I think, in the next month or so. Okay, wait. Can you give the listeners like a little inside scoop of where you're at for your wedding planning? Um, we're really not anywhere, to be honest. Okay, that's somewhere. <laughs> all we all we know. Actually, I'm gonna throw this out to the listeners. Um, okay, so I've mentioned this before. We really want to do just like a small, intimate ceremony with our immediate family in Ojai, California, which is pretty tiny. Um, it's not a big town by any means. So it's slim pickings for wedding venues. So if anyone knows of maybe a private place or a very unique place, we don't need anything big or fancy. We just, we really just want to go to Ojai because we love the region and we love the restaurants there. The food scene is phenomenal. Um, so that's what we're going to. So if anyone has any Ojai recommendations, 
please let me know. DM me, email me. The email is in my bio on my Instagram. DM Bachelor Happy Hour. Let us know because I feel like that's the main stressor of wedding planning right now. And I just also don't like to plan. So I'm like, I don't know where we're going to get married. It'll happen when it happens, which is not <laughs> the way to, you know, plan a wedding, I guess. Um, Does the person so- who gives a recommendation get to come to the wedding? Do they get maybe, an invite? Maybe. Well, <laughs> I don't know. Really good or really bad? <laughs> I don't know to the wedding itself because if we are, if we're not having like our best friends there, if we're only having family, I feel like that would be a, a bad look. Our That'd friends would no, hate no. us. Um, but I will send a multi pack of my wine to whoever. Perfect. Gives us the good recommendation that we maybe lock lock in. So there, keep that in mind. Um, okay. Challenge. Yeah. Challenges out there. <laughs> oh my god, I love when you say challenge. It just reminds me so much of back home of Minnesota. Did, I I said challenge. 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 Oh god. <laughs> Oh, see, reminds me of home. This is what happens. Oh my gosh, I gotta. We gotta go out in Minnesota one of these times that we're both home. I swear, we gotta just tear up the town. It would be a disaster. Let's do it. (laughs) My kind of disaster. Sign me up. Uh, Okay, well, I think it's that time. I know we have been wanting to chat with him for a while, pick his brain on so many random things. So let's bring on Clayton to happy hour. Welcome once again to Happy Hour, Clayton. It's been a hot minute, but how have you been since we... God, it's been like, what, a year, I think, since we've had you on? Uh, Probably, yeah. I was just thinking about all that's happened. And uh, I got a few notifications on my phone of like, this is your the past year of what's happened. I couldn't believe that this much time had transpired. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, we've not little couple of things have changed. If you, as you pointed out, the mustache and the hair, and <laughs> a few other things internally. So uh, it's been it's been good though. I've yeah. really enjoyed, um, really just kind of where I'm at today, and it's good to see y'all. You too. <laughs> okay. Well, Clayton. Oh, well, it's nice to see your face. I feel like we haven't we briefly have like spoken, checked in with each other, but um, a lot has changed for you. But I need to know one thing on my season. The guys gave you the name, the nickname Clado, if you yeah. recall. Okay. Do you still get called that? Has uh, that changed? Well, I retired. That's that obviously comes in. You you heard me. I mean, you heard me do it. I freestyled for you once. Uh I oh I no! I, I I remember. Yeah. 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 So um I don't do I don't freestyle anymore just because uh <laughs> some things are better to leave in the past. And that was <laughs> I've had a big period of self-reflection. That was one of them. I was like, you know. He's like, I'm a retired rapper now. You're approaching 30. You should probably hang it up, man. I'm still so mad I never heard any of these lines. If I have enough drinks in me, I, there's a chance that I could be encouraged again. But I'm completely sober as I sit here right now. So it's not happening. Okay. That maybe one way, day. Way too funny. Okay. Clint, we have a lot to get to ask you about just we obviously need you to catch us up on life and where you're living and everything but before i just need to know because i know you and thomas were talking about this earlier today you started this very interesting diet that i don't think i've ever heard of before we're going to call it the caveman diet where you're only eating meat is that correct like straight meat so I don't know with full certainty, but I I called it the carnivore diet. It's what I was following from a doctor that had reached out to me, actually. 
I, maybe the caveman might incorporate like nuts and berries and stuff. I don't know. So I think there might be a distinguishing okay. factor between the two. I was eating just meat. Uh, I say was because that lasted all of nine days. Oh. And then I went to Nashville over the weekend and uh, threw back some drinks, threw back some burgers, had some Waffle House. Uh, so it's just it wasn't sustainable because mm -hmm. I was having this conversation with my friend. I said, hey. I got to land and I'm going to have to go to the grocery store and buy meat so that I can prep my breakfast at your house. And, and then I, we had to like change our reservations to all these really nice restaurants that we had because I, I had to accommodate what I was eating. And I just thought, I'm like, you know, I didn't really need to change my diet. I was doing this as an experiment. Uh, so this is already pr proving to be more stressful to adhere to it. So, okay. So the now, all meat diet is no more. I still eat sirloins for breakfast. Like I'm still trying to eat less processed foods. Okay. Uh, but I'm adding in now fruits and uh, and then on the weekends I'm just like do whatever I want to do. Balance. Okay. All all part of a well balanced diet. How yeah. dare you do that to Chipotle? Well, and you know what the sad thing? So uh, I think I've mentioned this before. So of all the things that I went through, my my greatest gift was Chipotle gave me a, a card. But I handed it off to my brother because I was at the time I was like, I can't eat this anymore, man. Yeah. So I handed it to him. And then when I got back from the trip, I was like, give it back to me. <laughs> I, like, I need it back. Was yeah. that the longest you went without having Chipotle? Because you were eating what, like two burritos every day? Uh, I was eating a lot of Chipotle. But I will say though, now there's been good that's come from this diet. I'm more pay I'm more cognizant of what I'm intaking. And so now I've been reading more about seed oils and the harmful effects of it and how certain, you know. Uh, restaurants can be putting seed oil on the meats, which causes the inflammation. So um, I can just say this. I love Chipotle. The one downside is when I eat it, it does not do me well. Uh, I end up paying the price. So I'm wondering <laughs> if the seed oils or whatever, something's there. But now I'm like, okay, I'm just going to taper back a little bit. It doesn't really hurt. It doesn't hurt to have some more home-cooked meals. So I'm cooking more. So that's another positive. Mm -hmm. yeah. Nice. Look at you. It's all about growth. <laughs> <laughs> but I was apparently I was apparently cooking the meats too, in too high of a temperature, so I was smoking out the house, and apparently that's like you're then you're ingesting harmful chemicals from like the oil that you're burning. So I was just I'm like I'm just really screwing everything. You're up like here. I'm just I'm trying to learn trading, here, trading one for the next, and I'm like learning. <laughs> like, my, I'm with my brother right now, and, and yeah, as you can see, I'm in the look at this look at this setup. You guys might actually. So you guys, you guys probably recognize these. Yep. Right? Oh yeah. yes, got that. Look look I still have I have my bags from like years ago with the duct tape on them. Yeah, Wait, so why just, don't you take the duct tape off? Because it's actually really great when I travel. Yeah, it's, you know it's, it's yours. Easiest to find. Memories. Yeah. So That's I'm just great currently, though. currently, uh, my yeah, just bumming with my brother until uh, I'm gonna buy a house next month or two. But uh, yeah, it's it's just me. He's just like, hey man, my house is starting to smell like meat 24 seven. Like we're going to have to talk <laughs> about this long-term thing. I was like, don't worry, dude, I'm finishing my real estate license. I'll be out of your, be out of your hair here soon. So. Oh my God. Okay. So, you. so you're in Scottsdale, correct? You and yeah. your brother are bait. You, and when did you officially move down there? Uh, back here <laughs> two and a half months ago now, I guess. Gotcha. Okay. Are any other bachelor people living near you? I feel like there's always city like uh, pockets Ari. where a lot of people are. All right. 
Oh, yeah. Okay, oh, next question. Why did I think? <laughs> oh, oh, sorry. Uh, I'm kidding. Uh, I'm joking. <laughs> Who's Ari? <laughs> um, I totally just... Never heard of it. idea. got to understand that I am learning more about the backstory now, but I never really watched the show prior, so I was like, okay. That's okay. Um, I'm just giving you crap. I'm about to, my face is going to get red now. It's red as this uh, <laughs> No, you're totally red. That's I okay. will say, I've only been there once, and it's a beautiful area. It really is. Like, obviously, the weather is great year round but there's so much to do outdoors like the hikes there are incredible yeah no it, uh it, it's awesome uh we were just last week or two weeks ago now we were hiking this place called tom's thumb and it's it's there's just and right now it, it's rained a little bit because i guess throughout the entire country right now there's this mm-hmm. big like snowstorm and rain and all this but uh for it to be like 70 degrees in december is mm-hmm. ridiculous like i'm so i'm used to missouri where it's just I'm sure like Michelle, you're probably used to this up north too. Mm-hmm. Although you're you're now out in LA, right? I am mm-hmm. out in LA part time. So well kind of go I bounce back and forth. Okay. But okay, so no, so you're, so you're experiencing you know what I'm talking about. Like you're experiencing now the West Coast beautiful time mm-hmm. of year where we're like, wait, we had to go through all this snow and put up with it for all these years. <laughs> yeah, you're like, why did I live there why? for right. 20 plus years? Exactly. No, I, I, I feel that it, it is nice to like step outside and not have your like nose hairs freeze together. <laughs> it's yeah. kind of quite refreshing. Yeah. But how how have you been? How have things been in Scottsdale? Was it kind of like a reset? I mean, what what are you up to? I know that you're hiking, you're working out. What else is going on for you? Yeah, for me, uh, things have been awesome. I, I feel that coming out here really forced this reset in my mind so the first i thought the second i hit my hit the ground and i'm in scottsdale this is the new chapter of my life and so i just kind of framed it that way in my head and i said you know going forward all these things that i've experienced i'm going to come to terms with them uh the good and the bad and take what it from i can't like what i can find the silver linings that i can always say that a lot now but it's i do believe in i'm like find all the silver linings from everything i experienced and then you're going to move forward and stop looking back and trying to change what you can't change at this point. Uh, the only mm-hmm. thing I can change is my mind. I can't change the action. So, um, so yeah, I did that and, uh, moving kind of just really helped me get in that headspace where I was like fresh start. And now it's been awesome. Like I am doing what I love. Uh, I found a good balance. Uh, there's still some uncertainty and stuff like with what I'm doing. I mean, as you guys know, post go, yeah. uh, you know, reality TV, I feel, and maybe you guys can expand on this. I was just thinking about it myself. I struggled personally with the post-show, um, my identity. I was like, well, who, mm-hmm. who do I need to be post-show? And I, and I was like, and at first I was trying to be what I thought people wanted me to be. So I was trying, you know, I was posting what I thought people wanted me to post. And when I posted what I thought people liked, the engagement was high. When I posted what I wanted to post, the engagement was low. But then what bothered me was I was like, I don't want to be posting what others want me to post. I want to post what I'm passionate about. Mm-hmm. And eventually people will come around to that. And if I lose followers, whatever, that's fine. But I want to be th- enjoying what I'm doing. So I went through this whole phase where like, I, I despise social media uh, because I, I didn't like how I was overanalyzing it and trying to please everybody else like I had been doing so, for, for so much so much of my life. Mm-hmm. So now I'm in a place where I'm like, I'm doing me. I'm, I'm doing what I think is best. I'm trying to share my experiences. If you like it, you do. If you don't, then you don't have to like it. You can unfollow, whatever. But that's put me in a much better headspace. And I don't know mm-hmm. if you guys can relate to that, if you went through Absolutely. that. Absolutely. A okay. thousand yeah, percent. I, th- I think it's yes. so similar to Clayton. Is like, you know, you played you played collegiate sports. Like, you, you know, were an athlete, everything. And then once you, 
either are forced to or decide to put your that career down it's like this whole identity crisis of wait who am I now because you dedicated your entire life to the to do this and now you didn't dedicate your entire life to be the bachelor maybe you did who knows like if, if you did good job <laughs> I feel like you're like the one percent that'd be able to plan it out like that but but it, it really is you try to figure out who what are you doing now I mean you some people go back to their careers a lot of people don't go back to their careers or it's just like this different moment and then all of these layers of social media pop in mm-hmm. but for you so much has changed in the last year in a crazy amount, are you ready to pass the bachelor baton onto Zach? Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, you're like, take it. <laughs> yeah, He's like, let no, me throw think, it to you. From what I've, yeah, well, I would, and I haven't talked with him. Um, and, and you know, I think maybe, I don't know. I, from what I've seen, uh, edits and all that so far. Uh, or promos, he seems like he's probably on a lot better path. I didn't, I didn't see any drama pop up. I mean, his my line's always open to him, uh, but I also kind of left it at, well, if he wants to reach out, if he ever wants to talk, I'm here. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I've been hearing a lot of really great things about him and how I think he's navigated it a little bit better. Mm-hmm. So um, I'm ready to pass it off to him. I think what I did was just come in and be a complete train wreck. So I'm like, hey, buddy, here's the bar. You can just go ahead and elevate it from here on out. So, uh, you know, I, I'm I'm always there. My line's always open to him. And I'm sure there's going to be some things he'll struggle with. And um, if he ever wants to have a discussion, obviously, as we've done before, I've done with both of you guys, we're ahead mm-hmm. of this now. We know what to expect. And I think perspective and insight is so helped me tremendously because I realized Mm -hmm. like, oh, wait, I'm not alone in this. And I will go through this period of struggling and I will face these comments. But just as they got through it, I will, too. So Mm -hmm. I think that type of insight will be helpful. And and I don't know if you guys have spoken to him. I'm sure you probably have. But um, no, no, we haven't. We we had him on our podcast like when he was still in the middle of Gabby and Rachel's season. But that was the last time. So we have we have no idea. I'm sure we'll have him on very soon once the season starts. would you say like was there anyone from bachelor nation whether it be other contestants cast members or former leads that helped you not only like when your season was airing but that weird transition period after too like is there anyone that you got great advice from or that you're still super close with yeah i mean I, i'm not just saying this because i'm here but you guys both reached out to me a couple few times so i appreciated you guys reaching out um just because i knew i'm like okay i'm not alone in this so mm-hmm. you all did a great job I, I would say the person that really was going like really going like and constantly checking in that I was impressed by was Caitlin Bristow. She mm-hmm. she checked in a lot with me um, and I just wasn't expecting it uh, from her. And so uh, she had a lot of great advice uh, and I had since found out that she went through a somewhat similar circumstance. I mean, not obviously the exact same, but there were certain things that she was um you know, people went after her for that were similar to what I did. So uh, we were able to talk about that. And she Mm -hmm. shared a lot of what happened with her after the show and how she struggled. And it took her some time. But then hearing all that, I didn't even know half the stuff that she went through. Uh, She was Mm -hmm. heard a podcast recently, she opened up about I think she was talking about struggles she was having and things coping mechanisms that she was using. 
Uh, and come to find out, I'm like, I had no idea because I'm looking at you right now and you're so successful and you like seem to have it all figured out. So to hear you be vulnerable and talk about this side that I didn't get to see makes mm -hmm. me feel that, okay, I'm here as well right now, but I can get to where you're at as well. So it's, yeah. uh, she was really awesome. And, uh, but I've had almost a lot of people have reached out. I talked to Matt James. Uh, he's been incredible. I mean, have a former bachelor, just nice to have somebody uh, yeah. that's exactly through it. So he gave me his perspective and it's just been really helpful. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it is good to see that. <clears throat> I feel like it's like you said, it's very easy to come from the show and feel like you're in this like secluded bubble where you're like, no one's going to understand. I can't talk to my family and friends like they're not going to fully get it. So having people like that is I mean, it definitely I and I can only speak for myself, but some of those former leads like like you said, Caitlin definitely helped get me through like right after my season where I was like, you know, I, I was used to one thing for so long and working in public relations and now everything is like turned on its head. Where do we go from here? But I will say for you, it seems like you've had a lot of life changes in this past year. Like it's probably a totally different life than you ever expected, but you seem to finally be able to like, and I don't want to say like find your footing, but you feel like you're coming into yourself. And I will say like just following you on social media and speaking out uh, like for uh, mental health and public speaking and reaching out to others and sharing your story, I think is so empowering. And that's been really, really fun to see. How do you feel like when you started opening up about mental health, like, did you feel like, okay, I can finally make a difference and have my voice be heard? Like, what was that whole process like for you? Yeah, for me, um, when I was younger, uh, I suppressed a lot of my struggles. And I think a lot of people do in general because they're the fear of being judged. So uh, I kept everything within and that didn't ever help me solve my problems. I was just pushing it away and piling up the, the trauma mm -hmm. essentially. And so as I, when I hit college, I started to have these conversations with my good friends about my body dysmorphia uh, and just things that I'd struggle with, not feeling good enough. And I was received with open arms. I had thought for so long that if I opened up, I would almost push myself farther away from people. And that would happen if I opened up to the wrong people, they would weaponize it against me. But with the right people, it actually brings you closer together. So I started to have these more and more conversations. Um, you know, Michelle, when I was on your season, we talked about how I struggled yeah. with not feeling good enough. And you were very just comforting in that moment and said all the things that I need to know and just saying like, you know, you are good enough. You're going to make someone really happy. Uh, what I've seen, like you're a great person. And it was very validating. And, and that was, again, more, the more times that I did that and opened up, I was like, wow, like I'm not pushing people away. I'm actually building stronger connections and it makes me feel less alone. And I'm realizing I'm not the only person <laughs> that's dealing with this. So then as I started talking about it, I would get more and more people that would reach out. Um, I talked about bias morphia on my season, found out more than a few of the women, uh, then struggled with it as well. Uh, and then post show when it aired, I had people in my DMs messaging me saying, thank you so much for talking about this. Uh, mm -hmm. I've never been able to, to tell anybody because I was afraid of being seen as less of a human being. Uh, and so that's what really then I, I, I had this moment where I thought, okay, you have this platform <laughs> where you can impact a lot of people more than you ever could have. So how are you going to use it? Like, mm -hmm. what are you going to do? You do enjoy having these conversations, getting to know people. So share your experiences. Yeah. Um, and that's what I've been doing. And, uh, but I, you know, I, I've learned a lot through doing so. Uh, there's been times where I've shared 
my experiences and uh you know i got to be careful because especially with mental health you got to be very careful as an advocate to not um obviously clinically diagnose anybody i'm not an expert but you have to be careful with the things that you say because it can you know the words matter and somebody can take what you say and end up using it but out of context or in their own lives where it could hurt them so like where i'm at right now is i'm trying um and i am it's really great but i'm starting to partner up with psychologists and therapists i'm going to therapy uh, so I'm starting to just become more well-versed and and share my experiences, destigmatize mental health, mm-hmm. but then bring an expert with me. So it's like, hey, I'm going to just talk about my struggles. And then here's the expert who's going to give you some tools to overcome these things or mm-hmm. better manage it in general. So it's been really great. And I just, it's fulfilling. And I wake up every day and I'm, I'm looking forward to the weeks. I'm not just looking forward to the weekends anymore. Mm-hmm. Uh, I enjoy doing what I'm doing. So it's been cool. That's incredible. That's such a powerful thing to be able to do Mm -hmm. is not have those like Sunday scaries, as people always call them, Mm -hmm. where you're just like just doubting or just worrying about the week that's coming ahead because that's so much of your life is like those five days that if you just dread those five days, Mm -hmm. that's like a huge part of that. So it's really cool. And it's awesome that you're you'd say you're see, like receiving positive feedback as you're being um, <clears throat> vulnerable, like even on social media. Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, I've, I've blocked a lot of people. So that, that, that helps. <laughs> good. That's yeah. empowering good, in itself. Good. Yes. Was, <laughs> it feels uh, good. Yeah. That was, that was something that was, that's been my, my be- be- best friend on social yeah. media. I'm like, Oh, you want to say that about me? Block. Goodbye. You'll never mm-hmm. see my post ever again. So yeah. Yeah. Um, it's just, I think, but, you know, at first I'm like, oh, I don't want to block people. I don't want to restrict their voice. But I'm like, you know what? I'm not restricting their voice. I'm restricting their <laughs> voice on my platform. And this is my space to choose what I want to put out there. And you don't have any right to come in and make these comments. You can, mm-hmm. but sometimes there's repercussions. And honestly, I'm like, if you're getting blocked, that, that's not the worst thing in the world. You'll be okay without having to see myself. But also I'm like, this is, I'm trying to spread positivity. So I was like, there mm-hmm. is no place for this. If you really feel this way about me, keep it to yourself, go on another platform share it on the other platforms, other forums, that's fine. You have a right to do that. And if Mm -hmm. I go searching for it, that's my fault if I get upset. But if you come to my spot and do it, then there's going to be the repercussions. And it's not crazy. It's just get blocked, you know? So, And they're probably going to do it to someone else at some other time. And it it, like, it's like, when will they learn? Right? Like, and again, I think you're about the positivity. Yeah. My thought is, is this is, and maybe they don't think anything of it if I block them. They're like, good, you know, good, you know, fine. I'm glad you blocked me. I didn't like you anyways. But I think if more people start blocking people when they're being negative, it may start to get them to be like, you know what? Nobody wants to hear this. So mm-hmm. maybe I should start to reflect and realize maybe I should be a little bit more positive and stop hitting send on these comments because yeah, I've seen other people that are you know loved and they block people for talking badly about somebody else. And they're like, why are you, why are you blocking me? And it's like, because... They don't like it either. And maybe now that person will go, okay, maybe I should just stop doing this. Mm-hmm. Like, block party. It's a block party. <laughs> <laughs> so I let me ask you this then, because I think one of your more recent posts that you posted on Instagram, it was a video, It was you know, you were public speaking and you had a screen behind you of like all these different DMs or comments that people wrote to you. And they were all, you know, very negative, terrible, hateful things to say. Has anyone... If, whether you've called them out or if they've maybe just come across you seeing what what like they they had posted on your page, has anyone apologized or are they like 
Or do you get this, which I'm sure, Michelle, you probably received this too. If you respond to them, are they like, oh my gosh, I'm sorry, I didn't think you were going to see that. That is always the response I would get when I would call people out for saying something hurtful, negative. Oh my gosh, I'm so sorry, I didn't think you were going to see that. It's like, then why take the time to type it? Like, what's the point in that? Yeah, I mean, that that was a shock to me when I started getting those messages, like an instant change of tune. Oh my gosh, mm-hmm. I didn't think you would see this. I actually think you're a really great guy and you just made yeah. some mistakes. And I was, and I'm like, you know, but then I started to really, when I would get these messages at first, I would block people. Um, cause I just, cause at that point I was already so high up with my stress level that I mm-hmm. couldn't take the time to have a conversation with those individuals. Cause I was yeah. already high stress. So I was like, I just need to keep knocking my stress down. And so right now you're not worth my time and effort to have a conversation with. So I'm just going to block you. But then I thought now I'm in a place where I'm in a much better headspace. So now when somebody says something vile or whatever, or negative to me, I'll usually respond with just a simple question. They say, you know, Clayton, you are a terrible human being. You don't deserve to be happy. I'll just send back to him. I'll just say, I respect your opinion. Can you please explain to me why you, you think this? And just ask them a question. Yeah. And most times they're like, you, they're just like, uh, you know, now, now they have to sit here and give reasons why they hate me. And, what I also- <laughs> and they can't probably, <laughs> they probably true. can't. Gosh, no, they, that's they so can. hard though. They can, like they, people like, there was one recently, just recently. They, they, they said, well, what you did on the season and you hurt people. And um, I said, I said, yeah, I did. I'm like, you're exactly right. I said, but do you believe that I can learn from my lessons and then share my experiences to help others? And they said, well, yeah. And I said, so I said, so that's all I'm trying to do. Then they DM'd me and they said, I, 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 well, I the last thing I said, as I go, that's all I'm trying to do. I said, it's okay. I appreciate you. Like you have your right to your opinion. I just think you could have went about the first comment you sent a little bit better because it kind of, it felt like it was, it was meant to tear me down mm-hmm. and it, 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 it affected me. That person went into my DMs and said, I am so sorry. You know, I didn't mean to like hurt you. Like that wasn't my intention. You know what I was doing, honestly, was I was projecting my own insecurities onto you from my past relationships. And, you know, I, I'm sorry for doing that because you don't deserve it. And I found, I've, I realized that's what I was doing. I've had that conversation now that I've been willing to have conversations with people. That happens a lot. It's more times than I can count now where they're like, I'm projecting my own insecurities onto you. Mm-hmm. And so I believe that to be the case when I have individuals that lash out and say something negative about me that are strangers. I'm like, you don't know me. And they think they do, but the truth is they don't, they, right. you don't know me from T like you saw what I did and I take mm-hmm. full accountability and I was not smart with what I did on the show. I was, I had the best of intentions, but I did lack empathy. Um, you know, I was reckless. I was, uh, in, you know, I was immature. Like I just was. And, um, I still, I still probably am to some degree, but I'm at least growing. Aren't we all? <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, that's where I had, I had to realize that um, these people, like, this is reflecting back to them. They're saying this about me, but the fact is, is that none of the people that are closest to me are saying this. If the people closest to me were saying this, yeah, then there'd be an issue. Then mm-hmm. I, and not just, again, I'm not to dissolve anything that I've done. I did things wrong. And of course, people around me in my inner circle were like, hey, you know, you didn't, you know, we, we understand why you did these things, but I was like, yeah, okay, that's fine. But there is a whole other side to the coin that I need to listen to and understand mm-hmm. because I'm, my decisions have, you know, or my actions have impact. And so I actually learned, I, I think part of the transition in my head 
to becoming more insightful and mindful was I was reading the opposition. I was going to like the negative places and I was trying to pull constructive criticism. And I actually ended up finding a comment that really kind of kicked my mind in the gear where I was like, oh my gosh, like I didn't knowingly lack empathy, but I, I did. Like I was, I was emotionally immature. And I read that on Reddit. I'll, I'll give them credit. I'll give Reddit credit. They've said a lot of negative things, but like I read that comment and I was like, wow, you know, I, you know, I need to look more within and realize that I, there's things that I can change about myself to be a better person. Mm-hmm. So Caitlin Bristow said, she goes, don't go shopping for pain. You'll always find it. Mm-hmm. But I couldn't re- re- understand why I kept going back after I kept being told not to do it. And I realized I was shopping, not for pain. I was shopping for an understanding. Like I was trying to figure out why, like how I can improve. And when you have people that are on your circle, they can be, become yes men in an echo chamber, mm-hmm. telling you all the things you're doing right. Sometimes you got to go outside that to figure out what you're doing wrong because they're not going to be the ones to give you. I mean, some people will. My family does give me constructive criticism, but sometimes your opposition is going to straight shoot you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I've Damn. found that. But like the amount of growth that you're showing and just of self-awareness, mm-hmm. I will say just in this past year is incredible to see. And I feel like you took something that was probably not the best experience. Like going through the show itself is a lot to handle, right? And then add on social media and all of the extra criticism and comments out there. It's a lot to take on. And I don't I don't know and I'm like and I'm sure everyone who comes from this show has learned something. And you know, I'm hoping that they learn for the better and take that to grow. But like the amount of growth that we're seeing with you is so, so cool. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's it's I've been so excited about it because uh, I think the biggest thing was I first had to choose to to change my mind. Like the first thing is like to get someone to change, they have to be willing to do so. So I first thing I was, after I was torn down, I was at first I was defending all my actions. Like every time someone asked me, I was, like, <clears throat> I was in defense mode. I was like, no, I'm not this type of person. No, I'm, this is why I did it. These are my intentions. And I just wasn't accepting accountability. So then finally I was like, I am going to just break down all my walls and be willing to see the other sides. And mm-hmm. so I was that I, the first thing I did was just become willing. And then I just started flooding my day to day with as much positive mindset stuff. Like I would read the other side. I would listen to those, like see those mm-hmm. perspectives and then try to see where I could gain insight. And then I started to understand. I was like, okay, mm-hmm. I'm putting in the effort to understanding a perspective different from my own. And now since I'm putting more effort in, it's starting to make sense. So mm-hmm. I was like, okay, now it's not a matter of right or wrong, which I live most of my life. I was like, life is about right or wrong. I was like, no, it's about gray area. There's so many different perspectives that can exist in harmony. And it's not always black and white. Like sometimes you have instances where both people can be right in their own ways, but are you willing to understand that other person to come to a conclusion that is mutual, mutually beneficial? Mm-hmm. And Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, no, and that's, no, and that's just what I've been focusing on. So I've, it's, so it's, it feels good because now I've noticed, like, I don't hold as much stress in my life because I just, a lot of things now I'm like, Hey, I'll take life as it is. And, uh, yeah. if something goes my way, great. And if it doesn't, that's okay. Like, that's just how it is. So it's been really great. My, my question for you is that, so you've done like you've clearly like if, if people can't see the healing and just like the gains that you have made since 
that last episode from here and just you've you've done the work you have done the reflection you said that you're you know seeking out help when you need it just all these different things you've done so much healing from your mistakes from you know you took all that hate you dealt with all of that how do you protect your mental health and like your personal energy when it comes to constantly being rebooted back to that so like you were saying that in your inbox you'll get you'll you'll still get hate messages and unfortunately we all we all do right but at what point do you stop putting the energy into explaining yourself because you have already done that work and you're allowed to forgive yourself you're allowed to move forward and you're allowed to not spend energy on that anymore and constantly have to recircle that portion or prove that point of healing because I, well, I personally believe because if you allow that to happen constantly, there's always going to be somebody 10 years down the road who's mm-hmm. going to attach you to your mistake that you made 10 years prior. How do you protect your energy with all of it? Oh, man, it's a great question. You guys can also answer that because you've probably both done that. So I'd be really curious to hear how like you guys protect your own energy and, and mental health. For me, um, the majority of the negative attention and comments I was receiving was on social media. So... Uh, when, whenever it became overwhelming, I shut it down and that was what was beautiful about it. I'm like, put your phone down. I go outside. Uh, I started doing this thing since my brother has a dog. It's been really great. Uh, on days when I really just need a breather, I'll take her on a walk, like a mile and a half walk. And I turn on a podcast or sometimes I'll just walk with no music or Mm -hmm. nothing. And I'll just be staring at the sky and looking around. And I'm like listening to just the calm of the night. And I was like, this, it's so peaceful. And I can step away from all this external noise when I want to. Mm -hmm. So I, there's times when I subject myself to it, uh, when I'm trying to learn at this point, but whenever it becomes overwhelming, I'm like, I just know, like I hit that limit and we all have it. We're like, I, if it's, I'm not even learning anything at this point, I'm just shutting Mm -hmm. down. Mm -hmm. So when I feel myself shutting down, I just shut off. Uh, and and shut off from the, from the outside world and outside noise. And if I can't go outside, I mean, I've never had an issue. No one's ever come up to me in person and, and attacked me Mm -hmm. verbally or anything. Um, but I can always also just sit in my room and lay there and stare at the ceiling and close my eyes and just take deep breaths. So, uh, just quieting everything down. That's, Mm -hmm. that's how I've been able to manage it, but I'd be curious how you guys do it. Would you say that when you like you're give an example of that person who was in your inbox or on your page or just messaged you that, you know, whatever hate, the hateful thing that they said about like, you're a bad person, you don't deserve love, right? The fact that those people like today, there might be a message like that in there. Does it it deplete you though? Like, does it deplete you by responding that to any of those messages? Because that's how I'm like stuttering today. Does it deplete you (laughs) to respond to those messages? Because for me, if some, I'm like, if you're taking time out of your day to come to my inbox to show me hate, yes, I could sit there and try to teach you otherwise, or I could either hit block, just delete, not respond and spend my energy elsewhere. Because for me personally, I see it as it doesn't do anything or it's just not there's other places where my energy would be best spent yeah. or better spent. No. Yeah. I mean, that's, yeah, absolutely. I, I, I totally follow that mindset. And I've had those days where I was like, I'm not engaging with this. I'm just blocking you. Why I choose to engage with some people in other days. And I don't, uh, just comes down to my mental state in that moment. If you get blocked, yeah. Mm-hmm. Then that's just because I'm in this um, that day. I might have had a big stress that happened to me. Yeah. And you just happened to catch me at the wrong time. And mm-hmm. so I'm like, okay, you're blocked. Other times when I'm in a really great mood, I'm like, I 
have the time today. Like I got time. So guess what? You're getting a response. <laughs> and, um, you know, it comes down to, for me, why it's, it's why, why should I respond? Well, it's, what am I trying to get out of it? For me, I'm trying to now understand where the anger is coming from. So most times I wouldn't care. Cause I'm like, if I'm in a bad headspace and you're a stranger and you say this, I don't care. I'm like, okay, you're projecting your insecurities. Goodbye. I, I'm not here to figure it out, but there are days now, especially with me trying to just understand the world around me. I'm like, you know what? No, I have time. I'm trying to figure out what, where your anger is coming from. Uh, and so I start asking questions. And then what you see is it starts to break down these, these walls between you and this individual. And usually within like two or three messages, their tunes completely changed. And they're just like, wow, like, thank you so much for just like, you know, taking the time to talk with me. And, and, that's made me realize that if I can do this with a stranger in mm -hmm. my DMs, then I need to have the same approach in my relationships. When someone comes at me and is upset for something I did, or if they just fire off at me, you know, I, I go home and I see my family and, you know, my mom or whatever fires off at me, you know, cause I, cause I accidentally, you know, knock over a chair or something and she just goes ballistic. And it's like, okay, instead of, like, I'm like, Hey, there's probably something deeper here. You know, it's not about me knocking the chair over. There's probably something deeper. So like, it's kind of been interesting because I've learned through strangers that like, okay, when I now, when someone like sends something negative my way or has a negative reaction to me, my first reaction isn't to be defensive anymore. My first reaction is to open up and say, oh, how can I figure out where this person's hurting? And can I somehow, can we somehow come to a, a mediation point? So mm -hmm. uh, when I have, when I'm in those head spaces, I do it. And when I don't, I just block them. So it really just depends on where I'm at on a daily basis. Yeah. But they, they, still, they still affect me. I do want to say that. I mean, yeah. they, just, they don't carry as much weight. It mm -hmm. used to like train wreck my day because I was yeah. getting a lot. Right. So I would get yeah. like, uh, I would get a thousand, oh, yeah. you know, I'd get a thousand messages and I would have, you know, um, it was overwhelming because I was like, once one comment, you're like, ah, whatever, you know, forget it. You're just one person. Mm -hmm. Thousand, you're like, okay, I'm more likely to actually believe this. Maybe there is some truth to this. Mm -hmm. uh, I don't get that anymore. Thankfully, I kind of kind of fallen off the map. I'm I'm not as relevant as I once was, and that's kind of played to my benefit. Uh, so I don't get the same comments. I maybe get I don't know a couple a day. Mm -hmm. uh, actually at this point it's like a couple of week at most like two maybe negative comments at most like i think people have just kind of moved on yeah uh, but they still affect me i mean of course like i'm a human i still see it i'm like oh, shoot man i thought i was beyond mm -hmm. one it's it's always gonna come in waves coming from somebody who you know i did the show i started back in 2017 that was almost six years ago it's gonna come in waves like right after the season it's intense and i'm sure We've all experienced because we've all been through a breakup with somebody from the show. And it's hard around that time for a little bit, which I want to ask you. And I don't want to like get into the nitty gritty details or push you to talk about your relationship with Susie and the breakup. But one thing that I'm curious about is Susie had talked about a letter that you had sent her after the breakup with a beautiful message thanking her for how wonderful the relationship was and just letting her know how good of a place you're in now, which I find very commendable, very respectable. I don't I don't think it's often that we see a relationship, especially from the show, end on such great terms, which really goes to show just how sweet of people you both are. Um, so if you're comfortable, can you elaborate a bit more on what was in that letter, how you got yourself into that place to write that, and just kind of why you wanted to, to send that off to her? Yeah. Um, well, 
I basically was just going about my life. I don't know, it was a couple of weeks ago, maybe when this message was sent. And I was just driving in my car and I just was overcome with just happiness. Like I was genuinely just happy. I was like, my life is good. You know, I'm, I just, I, I'm doing what I want. Uh, you know, I'm making an impact. Good things are happening. Uh, I've learned so much and I have zero regrets. Like I love everything that's happened in my life because I am the person that I am because of the good and bad. And I found good through all the bad. So I just had this moment where I was driving and it was like a sunny day out and I was playing, jamming out some music, windows down, rolling through Scottsdale. <laughs> and I was just so grateful and thankful. And the first person my mind went to was Susie. I was like, she is the reason why you're here, like in this position. Because when the show ended, my, I had lost all stability and structure. I was like, what am I doing? I left my job. Okay. I guess I'm going to be an influencer now. I'm trying to make the influencer stuff work. It wasn't working like I thought because influencing is hard. I, I hate that people say it's so easy. It is not easy. It's a full-time job. I'm not good at it really. Like I do my thing, but like people don't give people credit for that. Like it is an art in itself. You have to have creativity. You have to follow the trends. You And like Susie would do that. Susie would like be on social media looking at what's popular. She, she loves social media. So she would look at all that and she is an incredible influencer and she's an incredible person. So, um, but like, I'm not that. Like I, I was like, I, and so I was overwhelmed though. And I was like, what am I going to do next? And uh, I was like, I'm going back to corporate America. I'm going back, I'm going back to medical sales. What's safe? And she stopped me. She was like, Clayton, I see how happy you are on the days where you make an impact on people. Uh, you know, I don't think you should give this up yet. Like, I just think that you, I, have, I think you have more in you. I think you're not done. Like you've tried, but have you exhausted all options? I was like, well, no. She's like, okay. So like, keep working, like keep, put your head down, like try, try it again, give it another chance. And so and I did in multiple areas. And then all of a sudden, things started to like turn in my favor. And I was like, Oh my gosh, wait, I actually can make a living, you know, off of what I'm doing. And it's my, it's not, it's not medical sales. Now it's my passions, true passions that only happened because of her. Like, otherwise I'd be back working my, my sales job right now, which like wouldn't have been bad, but it just wasn't my, my passion. Mm -hmm. I, I didn't, I didn't wake up on a Monday being like, can't, can't wait to go to work. You know, I'd be mm -hmm. like, like, oh, I gotta be like seven. <laughs> You're like another Monday. Yeah. And, and again, nothing wrong with that. It's just for me, I always felt like there was more I should be doing and, and, mm -hmm. and find myself in a different area. And so she, I have her to thank for all of that. And uh, I wanted to let her know that I just want, I just sent her a message and said, thank you so much for all that you've done for me. Like you've truly impacted my life for the better. And, um, you know, I also just wanted to let her know too, that I was again, sorry for like the turmoil that I put her through, uh, whether it was directly or indirectly. I mean, I hurt her in a lot of ways and I didn't mean to. And, and, but, you know, sometimes I did from my actions directly, sometimes indirectly. And I just wanted to let her know that I was like, Hey, when it's all said and done, you are an incredible human being. And like, I would not be the person I am today if it wasn't for you. So I just wanted to let her know that because I thought, you know, I think people need to have those conversations and reach out and let people know how much they mean to them because it's just it just when you spread positivity it, it just it comes back like it, it comes back and finds you and i'm just so thankful that her and i have that relationship where you know we can still talk you know we we do text from time to time and check in and mm -hmm. laugh and talk about you know like how we you know, i i made the joke i'm like oh man like you know i we, uh, I guess like, I'll keep, I was there, I'll keep some things private, but we, <laughs> like, 
I, because something should be right. Like that, that's between mm -hmm. her and I, but at the end mm -hmm. of the day, like we are cordial, we're friends and that's, I wouldn't want it any other way. So mm -hmm. it's just been really great because she, um, like I'm writing a book right now and I sent her a message and I was like, you know, me more than most people do. Would you be willing to look at this? And she was like, absolutely. I could be so like, you know, honored to do so. Like, mm -hmm. um, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll get back to you with like all the thing and help you, like help you out as much as I can. So mm -hmm. I just think that's so cool that like, yeah. she was a big part of my life and mm -hmm. she's, and, and she, she knows me. So I was like, what, yeah, I need her in that editing process. Like I need you to help. So it's just been, um, yeah, it's been really great. And I have nothing bad to say about her. Yeah. I wish things would have worked out, obviously. Like, I mean, it's really tough when you, when you, you know, it's, it's tough when like someone didn't do something destructive, like something mm -hmm. so negative that you can't see past. It's really hard. Mm -hmm. to feel like you're not compatible but you're, you wish you were, but you're just not. And you're like, I, I wish it's almost like I, I found myself saying this before to past exes. I, you know, I wish you to just, I wish they'd have just cheated on me. Cause then at least like, I, that's a hard break. Mm -hmm. But then like when it's not that, and it's a matter of compatibility, it hurts. Cause you're like, how, like, what if we just keep trying? Can we somehow find that compatibility? And I think if you're both willing to put in the effort, maybe, but then still, like, if you're not compatible, ultimately you're just not compatible. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's, oh, those that's tough to come to terms with. But I think once you do, you look at it as that person was integral in that part of my life. I needed them for that stage of my life. They just weren't meant to be my forever person. Mm -hmm. And that's the way that I've framed it. No, you really do put that beautifully. And I honestly commend yes. you just on how much you reflect, Clayton. And I, this is something that I saw in my, you know, when you were on the season with me on your own season, just you, I think it's really healthy to be in a constant state of reflection and looking past just all these different things of what can I do better and you know taking your wins and being proud of yourself and taking that moment like that moment when you're driving in Scottsdale with the windows down mm -hmm. whatever song you were playing that happiness feeling like this is who I need to reach out to that image like that image and that feeling for you is something that I feel like you're going to remember for the rest of your life mm -hmm. it's like this pivotal moment of yeah. like that was like your pivotal reset yeah Maybe I want to actually say but... something, something that just popped up <laughs> Uh, with regarding a pivotal moment with us, I, uh, right before the season started, you know, like when we did our segment, uh, you came at the beginning of the season, they showed it on like Instagram. Yeah. Uh, yeah. They yeah. cut it. Yeah, well, they, they did show, I can talk about it cause they showed it on Instagram. Yeah. So, I can't, even if they did it and we're going to talk about it. Yeah. So that, that was such a, like, I was just so excited to see you cause I was like, Oh my gosh, like this is so cool. And I, and to see, you know, I was at Luke and Kelsey and mm -hmm. um, it was just a really great moment and like an awesome start to the whole experience. But I remember I asked you for advice and I wanted you to like lay out this manuscript. And I, mm -hmm. I believe the one thing you said is like, just be, you're going to have to find a way to be able to let go of control. And I, I, that was like your, the one thing. And I was like, but what does that mean? You're like, and I think you said something like, you know, you'll, you'll figure that out what that looks like for you. And now I see it on the other side. I was like, oh my gosh, like I struggled so much because I was trying to control every part of my life. I was trying to control what the public thought about me. I was trying to control my outcome, like of what was going to happen post-show. What am I going to do? And if things did not align and fall into place, then I just went, you know, my I just I just panicked and I mm -hmm. became depressed and stressed out. And um, so now I look back at it and I just think it's like so cool to see the insight you gave me back then. And now I'm like, Oh, like, yeah, now I'm on the other side of it. Now, like Michelle, you're, 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 it makes a lot of sense what you were yeah. saying. 
And, yeah. uh, and you're right though. Like what I did to let go of control was probably different than what you needed to do, but it was the bad, yeah. it was great advice. Cause you can't, the more specific you would have been, it probably wouldn't have resonated as hardly as much as it does now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's everyone thinks that, I mean, even life in general, but, but to those who are listening, who maybe haven't seen the bit, it was, I was able to get to speak with Clayton before his season. He was back at the mansion. I remember you were sitting on the couch. You looked so overwhelmed. <laughs> I asked producers like, how is he doing? And they're, they're all like, eh, he seems a little overwhelmed, but I had two of my students with me, Kelsey and Luke, and we got to go in and kind of just sit down with him and talk for a little bit and, and give him advice. And that that's the thing is that you walk in and you do, you want this blueprint. You want this blueprint for how it's going to go. You want this blueprint for even like your day-to-day life. All of us do as humans want control, but but it really is. It's like not one size fits all. Like I couldn't give you a piece of advice that was going to be exactly the same for you that it was for me. And truly being able to just be vulnerable as you clearly have become so vulnerable and willing to put yourself out there, whether it's in your book, whether it's talking on social media, every opening up about your mental health, mental health in general relationships. If you're able to let control or let go of the control of the things that you don't have mm-hmm. and that's so much energy that you have now left for yourself to put in the right direction with what you want to do with it. And so you, you've been able to do that and it's awesome. And I feel like we all, but I'm still battle with letting control on a mm-hmm. day-to-day basis. Oh, yeah. Right. And, and even in relationships in general. And my question to you, Clayton is now that you're in this place, you're recently single, you have your footing with kind of where you want to go. Um, you know, are you back? dating have you thought about what you want to bring into your next relationship that you've learned from your past relationships like what is your what is your focus on that kind of like relationship level and what you're looking for yeah so i mean i'm open to the possibility of dating uh like i'm going out and and meeting people and if i feel that there's you know interest to pursue that then i have uh done so i've had a few like think people that i've been interested in that it just kind of fell through and that's fine. I, I, again, I, old me would have been like, oh gosh, you know, why, why does this person, why do they not text back, you know, or why is this mm. not working out? You know, it must be something I did wrong. And now new me is just like, oh, it's just not meant to be. All right. Like mm-hmm. you know, live in my life. So uh, that's again, like it's, it's been positive, but I, I'm also in a state right now. I am kind of in a selfish mindset right now. I'm really focusing on myself mm. and I'm, and I'm self-reflecting and I'm chasing my passions and I'm, doing six different things. Uh, so my days, you know, from sun up to sundown, I'm working. And so I really am, fo- you know, being selfish in this moment. Uh, and I think, you know, towards the end of the year here, I have a lot of deadlines that I'm trying to finish for different projects. So when that frees up, I think, you know, going into the new year, I'm like, okay, I'm going to have more time now. And now I can, with the base I've built, now I can a lot, like take this excess time I have and, mm-hmm. you know, allow somebody in. So I'm not shutting it down right now, but I'm just really focused on pushing out certain things and getting things in play. Uh, and and so, you know, once I, that stuff calms down, then it's like, okay, now I will have extra time to really devote to somebody because they deserve that. I don't feel like if mm-hmm. I dated somebody right now, I would, I would have to preface it by saying, hey, just so you know where I'm at currently, like I'm going to spend a lot of time getting my things, you know, working on my stuff right now. So I may mm-hmm. be taking away from us as a couple. Yeah. Uh, and so I'd have to set that those parameters if I were to get into a relationship at this point. Yeah. So if it happens, I'll have that discussion. But um, if not, then I'll just continue to 
do what I'm doing. And, and then I think I'll attract that right person when the timing's right. Mm-hmm. I think that's such a good, healthy mindset. I just this morning had the same conversation with my trainer who was starting to see a guy who, you know, they were like texting. She was traveling for like a month and they would talk every day. And then when she finally came home, he had all these excuses like, oh, I have birthday parties. I have work. I have X, Y, Z. And it came down to like he just wasn't ready I think to like go all in in a relationship. And so I actually told her, I was like, I appreciate when people are just honest and blunt and it's like, they just don't have time or they don't want to find the time right now. I think that's totally okay. And like you said, you're working on so much stuff, which is why I want to get into this book. I want to know more. Tell us about the writing process. Is this always something that you've wanted to do or how did this come along? Uh, no, I never really thought about writing a book, um, but I had a buddy who he's written a couple and he just basically said, uh, you know, I was talking to him about the whole experience after the show ended. We were sitting in Columbia uh, where he lives and we had a long discussion about everything. And he said he just made the comment. He goes, like, would you ever consider writing a book? And I, I said, ah, I don't really you know, think anything. You know, I don't think anyone would want to read that book. And he goes he was like, listen, man, I help people write books for a living. And the biggest reason why people don't write books is because of imposter syndrome, because they think no one wants to hear their message. And he said, but put it this way. He's like, don't like that's common. He goes, but but write it for you, you know, write the book for you. And more than likely, it'll it'll help somebody. And if it helps one person, that's great. If it helps a thousand, that's awesome. But more than anything, he's like, I think based off of what you've been talking to me about, I think you would almost see it as therapeutic. You would write it and, and it would almost be like a journal. Uh, and you would be able to get your thoughts out and, and, and just express yourself. And that's exactly what happened. It was really cool. It was like, a, it's, it's, it's a journal, essentially. I, uh, in, in the book, I, I talk about my upbringing. I talk about my struggles from an early age of having depressive thoughts. Uh, I talk about bidysmorphia. I talk about not fitting in. Uh, and, and I go through my life, you know, step by step, and I share these stories. And it for one, it really helped me because it helped me just make sense of why I am who I am. I was like, you're, you, you are, you don't realize it, but the fact that you always felt like you were in the shadows of your middle brother, you know, that was a superstar athlete. You always felt like you're in the shadows. So you were always trying to show people that, Hey, I'm valuable too, guys. Look at me. So I became a people pleaser. Um, so that came from like me at a young age feeling that I wasn't worthy. And, you know, my, my superstar brother was just, uh, you know, getting all the attention and I was just a placeholder in life. And, you know, holding, you know, just taking up space. And so uh, I started to realize, I'm like, oh my gosh, as, I, as I'm going back to the past and I'm, and I'm thinking about all the trauma I faced, I never really addressed it. Mm-hmm. So this became a point where I started to be able to address it. And I started going through each chapter and I was like, oh my gosh, that I'm still holding on to. I didn't realize I'm still holding on to that day when I was at a house and all these girls told me and my buddies to flex in eighth grade and we all flexed. And when I flexed, they were like, Clayton flex. I was like, I am. And they all laughed at me. And I was like, you're still holding on to that pain. That's when your body dysmorphia was triggered. Like these, all these different instances you are still holding on to. So then I started to address each of them one at a time. And then I wrote the book. And by the end of it, I was like, man, I feel like I've addressed most of this stuff from my past. And it's helped me now have a better understanding of why I am today, who I am and where my shortcomings are. So it's been really awesome. And the book, the book's just based around vulnerability, just destigmatizing conversations around mental health, and hopefully by the end of it, helping others feel more comfortable with opening up and also asking questions to themselves to self-reflect and gain a self-belief. 
So I just figured, hey, if I'm writing it, this is what happened to me. Maybe this could happen to somebody else. So Oof. it's been well, cool. I know I want to get it. It sounds like it's a therapy session in its own. I'm sure writing that was so therapeutic. Um, do you have a name yet? A cover? Do you know when it's coming out? Is yeah. there anything like that you can share with us? Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. So I, I think I just recently shared the, maybe I didn't. I, no, I didn't. Uh, only just to some, some people. But the book's called 180 Degrees. Uh, and so it's, it's, it's about a mindset shift, you know, so about basically redirecting your course, uh, and, and, and facing, you know, going the opposite direction. So for me, like I was down this dark, depressive path, I made this 180 degree shift to now where I'm walking down what I call the path of life, where I'm, I'm much happier. And I talk about, you know, the incremental changes I made along the way in the book, I break it up into 30 degree segments. Each of the segments has a principle. And it's like, these are the pillars of my life that helped me start to make this shift because you can't make it all at once. You, you mm -hmm. have to, you have to put effort into each of these areas and they'll slowly start to re navigate yourself. So, mm -hmm. um, yeah, so it's 180 degrees. I do have a front cover picked out that was as of, as of like a week and a half ago. Okay. And now currently where I'm at, I have people reviewing it and they're giving me constructive criticism and I've gotten great feedback. They, you know, they're, and they're like, so I have more work to do. So this whole week I'm going to go back in and, um, add things, take out things that are maybe redundant. Uh, but it's, yeah, it's, 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 it's on its way. I don't, it might be out in the next couple of months, but I don't want to obviously rush this because yeah. it's an extension of me, you know, and mm -hmm. I want to put yeah. my best forward. So, uh, right. that takes, that takes time and you don't want to just push it out to push it out. So yeah. when, when it's ready, it'll be ready. But, um, it's just been great. Like I said, it's been very therapeutic to write. Mm -hmm. 2023 is going to be a big year for you. I have a feeling. <laughs> It'll be exciting. You know, I don't know. Again, for me, my expectations are just to continue doing what I love. So I don't know what that looks like from a financial perspective, a professional perspective. But uh, I just know I, what I found is that whatever energy you put out there, it does come back your way. And so mm -hmm. 2023 is just the year of positivity, like continue positivity, just trying to create change. And and wherever I go is kind of wherever life takes me. So wait, was that one of your lines? 2023, the year of positivity. <laughs> okay, come me up. Well, is that out to me? <laughs> oh my gosh, we need, we'll get you to freestyle right now. Maybe we should no, switch it up. Oh my god, don't do put, that. Put I'm gonna on, be yeah. so red. No, 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 no. <laughs> this is your interview today. Um, All right. <laughs> well, Clayton, I'm so excited. Do you have any thoughts around any New Year's resolutions that you want to share with us? I, I. Yeah. Do you I mean, believe in resolutions? Let me ask you this. That's, yes, that's I think we've talked about this before briefly, Clayton. Yeah. I don't know. I won't say I don't believe in them. They work for some people. They don't work for me because uh, the reason why is because when I want to do something, I'm not going to put it off at mm -hmm. this point. I'm like, if I want to do something, I'm going to do it now because I don't know if my motivation in a month from now is going to still be there. So yeah. the second I want to do this, I'll just start now. And, you know, people, some people I've heard, you know, they're starting to make their New Year's resolutions beginning of December. I'm like, okay, so you're waiting 30 days. You just don't know where you're going to be at. Life might take, you might get overwhelmed in 30 days and all of a sudden you're going to have to push off that resolution. So mm -hmm. I believe the best time to start something is now when, you, when you're in the headspace to do so. I agree. But I don't want to say that they're, they, they do help some people. Uh, they, mm -hmm. they are the added bit of motivation. So um, I, I see value in them for others, just not for me. I'm the exact right. same way. It's like... If you want something so bad to where, like, you you want, whether it's fitness goal, whether it's health goal, whether it's mental health goal, whether it's whatever it is, financial goal, why, 
why, why would you wait? be like, okay, cool, let me start and, you know, why, let me procrastinate? Why would you do that? No, That's why I dislike resolutions. It's just like, just, just start right now. Just go. Uh, yeah. And then you're a yeah. month ahead of everybody else. Exactly. You know everybody what? else is waiting. Yes. I already started. Yeah, you'll be looking back 30 days. You'll be like, I'm so happy I started this a month ago. Yeah, absolutely. So- um, before we do our resource, Clayton, I just want to say, first of all, thank you for being on Happy Hour today. I love that we could have real conversations about so much more going on in your life than just, you know, the show that you were on a year ago. You're so much more than that. Everyone is, you know, every lead and every contestant and every person is so much more than just the show. So I'm so glad that you could take some time today to be with us. I really appreciate it. And I really, really think that listeners will take a lot from this. And I have to say, I'm so excited for this book to come out. I cannot wait. So definitely keep us posted on when it can be expected because Thomas and I will be at the front of the line getting that baby um, <laughs> but now we got to get into our resource portion if you will so basically we say this every week but we think it's so important to keep all of our listeners informed and share important resources that we love um so i'll just kick it off if that's cool with everyone um Go for it. yes so this one is it's actually something that took place in minnesota our home state michelle um ooh, ooh. And basically, it instated a cultural competency training mandate for teachers, which, speaking of teachers, um, I think this is so incredible and something that probably should have been done long ago. You know, I can just say that. But um, basically... um, And I I have a a list of the bullets that it'll cover. Um, It'll get into teachers training with racial, cultural, socioeconomic groups. Um, They'll have training on religion and systemic racism. They'll focus on gender identity, including transgender students, sexual orientation, and also individuals and disabilities um, with mental health concerns, which, which I think is so important. You know, Michelle, I think you had talked about, I believe on our podcast, or maybe it was just us separate, um, that I think teachers had to go through um, like a b- implicit bias training at some point. And so I think this is just an addition to that, which I think will only help so many more groups of people. Um, so that is the resource that I'm sharing for, th- for today. It's the Minnesota Cultural Competency Training Mandate for all educators in Minnesota. I love that. Now, if we could just make that training mandatory for everybody outside of teaching, that would be <laughs> that we could get accomplished. <laughs> um, OK, so mine is it's a, a podcast. I think that there's a YouTube documentary coming out with it as well. It's called Catch. And what it does is it focuses on this is like a statistic. I cannot remember who said this, but this is it, it's kind of where the show goes derived from or came off of but basically that one in three black boys will be incarcerated in their lifetime and it talks about systemic racism it talks about the cycles um, that african americans are born into it kind of pulls apart all of those layers how you know the education system political all of these things are just failing um, our black youth and just the different supports that would have to be put into place. And it's super, super interesting because it's based off of, like, it's all based off of statistics. Um, and so that's called catch. And I think catch. you catch, yep. <laughs> you, can, <laughs> you can catch it on YouTube or Spotify. Okay. Oh, I'm definitely going to take a listen. Yeah, super interesting. 
Thank you. Yeah, I think you guys, it's awesome that you guys do this. Um, as I think it is important that resources are so critical for education. Um, and so when like, for me personally, this is probably one that people are familiar with uh, because he had a tie to the show to some degree. But uh, I read a couple months ago, I read um, Uncomfortable Conversations with a Black Man by Manuel Acho. And I thought that was an incredible book because just like the title says, he goes in and has these conversations that most people are too fearful to have. Um, and, and for somebody like me that grew up as a white man in the United States, um, I lived a certain experience and my experience is going to be different from somebody else that grew up um, that was not a white man. And so I don't think ignorance is an excuse, though. And I used to say, well, if it's out, you know, people would say if it's out of sight, out of mind, it doesn't affect me. But that's what I've since realized is like, no, you can't say that. Like, you need to take these things seriously because they're happening all around us. And the best thing we can do is inform ourselves so that we can be a better advocate or ally to those individuals. So mm -hmm. for me, that book was incredible because it opened up my mind to the history of what black Americans have went through. And I, I didn't know, like, I just didn't realize that this, these, some of these things were happening. And I had talked yeah. to some of my teammates playing football and I learned some of this. But, you know, I thought this is incredible because some people are afraid to have this conversation. Okay, so you can take this book, though, and read it. And you don't have to worry about having this conversation yet. But for, just start here. Read the book first. It's going to open your eyes up to it. And it's going to give you a better understanding. And so I thought that was an incredible resource that I would share because he did such a great job of painting what it's like to grow up in his shoes and how, again, it was, it was, it was different than what I, what I lived through. And so I thought yeah. okay, it was awesome because again, the more, you know, the better understanding you'll have of the world around you and the more you'll be able to help. Mm -hmm. I think That's that book good. does a good job of also like, we have to start somewhere. Right. And it's a good starting place to, as you said, show like his life experience growing up, not only as a black man, but who's also Nigerian and has a totally different culture than other people living in America. And it does a good job of, you know, like start here and and educate yourselves and ask the right questions, but just start having those conversations as uncomfortable as they are, you know. So, yeah, that is a, a great read. Um, very good resource. Thank you, Clayton. You came prepared, which I love to see. <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> um, it was so fun having you. Please, we'll all stay in touch, but truly come out to California if you ever need a get. I was going to say a, a warm getaway. It's probably warmer where you are it's right way now. Where you're at. <laughs> but but our door is always open. You're always welcome back on happy hour. This was a just this was an incredible conversation. I'm so glad we had you. Yeah, no, thanks, guys. I really appreciate it. Um, I think it'll be really great to have a conversation, though, where I'm, I mean, you guys ask a lot of great questions. I would obviously love to catch up and like, learn more. I know this is more focused on me as you guys are doing the interviewer thing, but we'll have to catch up as just friends. Yeah. So I can also ask the questions and, and give you guys the floor. But this was still at least good to, to check back in after all this time. Yeah, so yes, good to we, see you. We appreciate you. I have to say, I mean, I always love chatting with Clayton. He's such a gem. But I really like the fact that, like, during this off season, we don't have to recap the show. And, like, we're having these real-life conversations of, like, actual yeah. stuff going on. And just it's so cool to see the growth that he's made, the constant state of reflection, um, and just, like, learning that he's doing and it, yeah, like you said, it's nice to take time to like 
have our viewers or sorry, have our listeners actually get to get to know, you know, our our uh, guests, mm-hmm. not on a bachelor level. Yeah, it's so <laughs> refreshing. It's so refreshing. Um, and just going back to like, I keep we keep saying growth here, but like. And you you kind of touched on it when we were interviewing mm-hmm. him of like you said just uh, when you met him like let let go of control right like you just kind of have to go with the flow and I was thinking about this like the first time I met him I had hosted a date for him and one of his contestants and like kicked off the day and it was all about like just letting go you can't be in control but I remember meeting him before kicking off that date and he and it's such a stressful situation like there's it's a lot to take in like your whole world and life as you know it and your daily routine is uprooted you you have no idea day by day what to expect so you're just kind of like thrown into the mix like on somebody else's time frame and really everything is is not up to you and so to see how stressed and just anxious he was at that point to now is so refreshing I think like he's done a great job of self-reflection and like really Mm -hmm. taking what he's learned from the show and right after and turned it into something positive which is so commendable so again Clayton thank you for joining us Michelle it's always good to have you back with me on happy hour and our last thank you of course goes out to all of you listeners and I have to say I've said it the past couple weeks but please don't forget that we are casting for men to date the next bachelorette so if you're single or if you know of somebody who is single and would be great for the show looking for love go to the website to nominate or apply that website is bachelornation.com slash apply Ooh, yes. It feels so good to be back here getting in the swing of things. And make sure to hit us up on social. You can follow us at Bachelor Happy Hour on Instagram. And from there, you'll find everything you need to know to follow us on Twitter and TikTok. And for all of you Prime members out there, you can listen to Bachelor Happy Hour ad-free on Amazon Music. Just download the Amazon Music app today. Or you can also listen ad-free with Wondery Plus in Apple Podcasts. And before you go, tell us something about yourself by completing a very short survey at wondery.com slash survey. Thank you, everyone. And see you next week. Cheers. Cheers. So this year, I'm really focused on my health, sticking to a routine, and that's why I've been loving Symbiotica. Symbiotica is one of the fastest-growing health and wellness companies out right now, and they're one of the only brands that are wholly committed to your health. They don't use any seed oils, no preservatives or toxins in their supplements. They source the best ingredients from all around the world, and they're super easy to take when you're on the go. They also taste good. I try to stay really consistent with my morning routine and something that I always include is taking my supplements every single day. I've been taking these Symbiotica supplements and loving them. My goal has been to support my immune system with the supplements that I've been taking. So I've been taking them every morning with my coffee and my breakfast. Joe does as well. And I've been really loving the results that I've been seeing. My routine, I have my eggs in the morning, I take a Symbiotica and I'm ready to take on the day, hit the gym, I'm more alert, I just feel good. What's even better is that Symbiotica makes it a breeze to stay on track. With a subscription, your supplements arrive at your doorstep every month. Ready to feel the results? Head over to Symbiotica.com and use Bachelor for 15% off your subscription order. There's a whole collection of black-led products that fit into your daily routine. Show Black Founders some love, not just during Black History Month, but all year long. 
There is power in every purchase because every time we buy a black-led brand, we make room for another black-led brand. Black founders and the products they bring to the table are creating a whole new world of choices at Walmart. I'm Tamika D. Mallory. And it's your boy, my son, the general. And we are your hosts of TMI. And catch us every Wednesday on the Black Effect Network, breaking down social and civil rights issues, pop culture, and politics in hopes of pushing our culture forward to make the world a better place for generations to come. Listen to TMI on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's right. That's right.